Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another edition of Star Sound Speaks. This is your host, Irliana Samsara, episode 111, 111. And I'm so excited because Michael Bartlett's back. Hello, Michael. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I figured, um, you know, what we'd, I'd like to talk about today is, you know, I had mentioned a little bit about that the, in the previous video, the Mars and Saturn opposition, but now we're getting into that square. So Mars is opposing Saturn, but Uranus is, is in the mix as, as well. And so Mars, Saturn, Uranus making a square over the first three days of July where it will perfect. And that's that's deep. And that's these are major planets. So I'm really grateful. Thank you, Michael, for coming on. And I'd love to hear, you know, what your feelings are, because I know for me, I'm, I've got a little a little bit of trepidation going, okay, you know, these are these are big boys and <laughs> all squaring off but maybe today what we can focus on is you know what that might look like the high road and the low road you know if those energies aren't handled powerfully what that might look like but also what the high road is because so many of us you know we worry and dwell on the negative and we don't realize there's this huge opportunity there so i want to make sure everybody's really mindful of that you know so um anyway i would just love to to hear what you have to say about that. But meantime, you've been teaching at Stormy Grace's Academy. And how's that been going? Oh, it's been so exciting. And I just love what she's doing and teaching and reaching out. Um, I got to do uh, Mercury, sorry, retrograde planets and Mercury just as a planet on its own. So I got to do two classes, which I really love. Hopefully I'll get to be involved with the next stage she's gonna be doing for this next year. Um, just Lovely. a wonderful undertaking. So, and thanks for having me on once again, of course. Yeah, and the, the um, so we just came out of Mercury retrograde, so it was very timely. That I'm just wondering what it what are the, some of the things that you gave people like takeaways for because you know how everybody just loves to make fun of all those memes on the internet. <laughs> Mercury retrograde. We do well. I mean, I I always think of any of the retrogrades as like using the re any of the words that begin with re like retreat, relax, um, regroup, reconnect. You know, I, I just find that way. And and when it is retrograde, it, it, it we enter into more of a liminal space, right? We're like connecting in with this space of going into places we're not usually normally doing. And so Mercury, Mercury's usually got full on, got the pedal to the metal, ready to go, whatever. But when Mercury's retrograde, Mercury has just kind of like, I call it the moonwalk or the Hermes backwards dance. You know, I like love it. You know, because it is, it's like this, this opportunity to review. It's like, hmm, are we sure we want to do this? And what I find really particularly interesting about this period, and it leads into this square, I believe, is that uh, Mercury rules two of the mutable uh, signs. It rules Gemini and Virgo, as you know. And then Jupiter that just went retrograde the other day rules the other two mutable signs, Sagittarius and Pisces. So here already the mutable signs are already be, being told also, hey, you guys and gals <laughs> and everyone in between. Non-binary and everyone. Non-binary, exactly. I don't want to exclude anyone because Jupiter is not about excluding anyone, of course. Right. It's like, hey, time to reconsider, time to do things, you know, to, to do things in a very different way. And I think many of us are making different decisions. I mean, like today, um, you know, the, the justice decision, you know, the other day with the NCAA, with the Supreme Court and saying, hey, it's, it's these teenage, these, these college age 
individuals deserve to get paid these high school individuals you know so that they get to be covered they're not being taken advantage of by this larger system and um and then the woman who made a complaint made something talked about something on her one of her social media pages and the school expelled her you right. know and they took it away her first you know first amendment rights um it's just it's nice to see it's like while these things are going retrograde that there is this forward movement going on of the truth being revealed. And I think as you know, these other outer planets continue to go retrograde and then this square, like you said, this happened in July, July 1st. Um, the one good thing I can say about this square is they are the rulers of Aquarius and Saturn is in Aquarius. Right. So in that sense, it's really nice because um, there's an, an inherent understanding in that. And Aquarians understand this, but a lot of modern astrologists would say, hey, you know, Saturn doesn't rule Aquarius. But you ask any Aquarian, they kind of understand that they kind of have to do their homework. They have to do the right thing because Aquarius is about right human relationship and yep. making sure that, um, that it's like, I don't know, like kind of my thing is I'm an Aquarian myself. <laughs> so I can, I can own this, um, is, you know, getting home, and doing whatever work that needs to get done and then being able to enjoy myself. Doing the Saturnian thing so that I can actually go and do the Uranian thing of getting to have play or getting to introduce something new. And so um, this is in a, um, what is this? This is in a, an opening square, right? Uranus, mm -hmm. Saturn, yeah. So it's an opening square. Mm -hmm. um, so it's a, um, it's a crisis in consciousness, right? It's, 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 it's that we didn't, a crisis in action, sorry, that's the third quarter is crisis in consciousness. First quarter is consciousness, crisis in action. And so it's this part of, um, are, are we doing the right things? You know, I think part of it, you know, um, uh, Chauvin getting sentenced today to 22 and a half years, I mean, just literally moments ago, um, you know, the, the, for don't ask for whom the bell doth toll. <laughs> and it is like, kind of like the image that comes up for me. It's like, you know, there, there's a reconciliation that is starting to happen now. And it's happening with race. It's happening with sex. It's happening with, um, with uh, poverty versus the wealthy. It's all these different things that are inequalities and the ways that we've somehow in society normalized them. Yeah. You know, and I think it's like, it's time that the Pied Piper it's it's time that the piper gets paid its due you know it's time that people start getting rec reconciled it's time that um that women's work gets valued at the same level as men's work it, it's time that people of color um receive the same pay and the same respect as people who are of non-color i don't know <laughs> what you know it's kind of a funny thing we're all spectrum right you know along the spectrum colors <laughs> some of us are more colorful than others which is really beautiful but you know but how do we allow and accept the fact that we're all living along the spectrum of humanity as opposed to just going oh this is the special group or or, or i'm the special group or you know anything that that separates ourselves i think you know with saturn and uranus it's like this um what Aquarians understand that Leo has the luxury of is ego, right? Leo is like, you know, oh, the world is mine. You know, look at me, I'm wonderful, you know. Um, and, and Aquarius is looking across, going, mm, I don't really like that. I don't want to be that, but 
I have a message that needs to be said, just like the Leo has the message to be said. The higher Leo, of course, is sharing that from the heart, reading from the heart and the warmth and the love. And right. when Aquarius can bring that in, because Aquarius is also cold air, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it kind of really needs that warmth over there from Leo bringing like, hey, warm me up a little bit over here. I need to, I need to know what it feels like to be a me, right? That's what Leo gives Aquarius, because Aquarius is like, what's me? Yeah, I only know we. <laughs> so Saturn and Uranus, you know, in that square, and then plus it's that square in, in, you know, that Uranus is in Taurus. You know, so these are fixed signs, our fixed ideas, our fixed values, our fixed understandings about people. Realizing how deep that, that even just in our languaging, in our language structure, in the way we speak to one another, that there are inherent ways that it, puts people in certain places. Mm, yeah. And then right? so much of that has been unconscious and like, you know, like the fish swimming in dirty water and it doesn't know. I love the fishbowl scenario because it's almost like what I want to do is like, and I get goosebumps as I say this, but like I want to like take like five or six different fishbowls and maybe I, I'll have to do it like visually, you know, as a, as a meme or something and put like um, um, being white, being black, being Jewish, being Muslim, being Catholic, you know, it's like all these little fishbowls that we don't understand that we're in, being female, being male, you know, we don't understand that these are all different frames of reference of being, and that each of them has value. Being non-binary, being, yeah, all, yeah. And, yeah, maybe that's, that's the beautiful the thing one. that one of the beautiful things about the non-binary, because I think what astrology teaches us is the beauty that we're each a snapshot of the universe. And therefore, how can any snapshot be not okay? Yeah. How can there be a, a right snapshot? Right. You know, like, and this is, and if that something's right, then something else is wrong, you know, to put this into this duality matrix. And yeah. What, so what I loved about, yeah. sorry. Oh, I was just going to say like what I, realize, you know, we're coming out of this eclipse season with with the eclipse axis in the information axis, Gemini and Sag, it's like all the stories we've had that have been unconsciously running us. And it's like, wow, you know, time for that to, you know, end that chapter, like you said about, and then Sagittarius being unity consciousness and the falling in the South Node, the falling away of belief systems that, that have not really unified us or, you know, yeah. Well, they've unified certain groups, right? And right. those groups who have held the power have felt that unity. And what's happening now is some of those groups are starting to feel that power slip away because they're understanding that we are a lot more diverse and the importance of all of us speaking up from that space. Yeah. If anyone has any question about that, just go to YouTube like here and just look at, I mean, what do you want to learn? What do you want to see? What do you want to experience? I mean, there is someone on there giving an opinion or a viewpoint about everything and anything in life now. I mean, it's really kind of wonderful. I mean, you can be in podunk anywhere and, and just as long as you have internet access, you can click in. It's so Aquarian and get to find out, you know, hey, this is what another person maybe thinks about or what another person sees and like, oh, does that work for me? Does it not? Because I think that's the other thing that kind of comes in is like crisis in action is like taking 
having moved forward with something with an idea and then having to take two steps back and making sure that that idea is really what one wants to continue with as it goes through the remaining three quarters of its cycle. Mm, especially when you're dealing with Saturn, it's like, okay, be careful um, because, you know, the things, this, this is about a lasting legacy and that we're aware of a, of a larger picture, like what decisions we're making now and the progress and the choices that we as a society are making are gonna have a long lasting impact. You know, it's like when Saturn's gonna come around 29, 27 years from now in this sign. So it's, yeah, that's, that's big. And sorry, I just want to correct. I knew something was really niggling me in the back of my head. It's it's actually at the third quarter square, because uh, that's Saturn and Uranus. So this is now you know Saturn will in another six seven years or so will complete its cycle and move up to Uranus and Taurus. Go oh, okay, um, got it. Yeah, that's actually in fact crisis and consciousness. What I started to say before, and so that is the oh I didn't know that I didn't know. Yeah, well, that's. Huge. And so that, to be honest, and, and it's and actually in a way I really like, so here's Mercury retrograde, like you said, you know, you and I had technical difficulties, you know, getting on and everything today, because it's like Mercury is still in that stationing, stationing point, you know, it's, it's still in, its, yeah. in that spot. So it's like, you know, here's another thing. So it's nice to correct it. It's like, it, it didn't make as much sense as far as moving forward, but it's like, from a state of we didn't know, we didn't know, it's exactly what we were just talking about is like coming to understand the language and kind of understanding like history, you know, his story as opposed to her story or our story. Or their yeah. story, <laughs> all story, right? Or there was something I was thinking about, like the New Age movement. I think should be called the Jewish movement, you know, because there's this thing that's about like how people kind of aggrandize the self in an oddly interesting way that's cloaked in spirituality, but isn't hasn't really maybe done the grounding work. That needs to be done. And so I think that's what these good things with Uranus and, and Saturn together kind of coming in, like, oh, you know, you know, it's like that ego knock at the door, like, oh, you thought you you thought this, you thought that. Well, guess again. It's not yeah. how you considered it. You know, they're there, you know, it's you can't Saturn in this in this position, you don't there aren't any skip steps, right? Right. And sun. And that, what was that? Sorry. Your father and son. Oh, right, right. Sa yeah. Saturn Uranus. The great sky god who devoured his sons because of the old prophecy. And then Saturn did the same thing. He devoured his sons until Zeus came along. So, you know, this very interesting, like, what needs to be disgorged? Right. Because that's the other thing with Saturn and Uranus. There's, an, there's something that's been swallowed. You know, like, we've all been swallowing the BS for centuries right mm -hmm. for and for women millennia yeah that's a big pain body to dismantle but it's and to disgorge throw it up and throw it out and then you know from those pieces that are released what is it that can be because what aquarius seeks to do is to build upon that which came before in a way that is more we oriented is more inclusive and and has possibilities rather than restrictions right right yeah i love it 
So we've got that. And then we've got, you know, Jupiter and Neptune are doing retrograde in, in Pisces. Um, right. Saturn, that's native sign. I mean, it's just all these like very interesting reworkings on almost like a fundamental level is kind of like how I'm seeing it. Yeah, all the outer planets being rich. And then Uranus is going to start. It, it's not quite at the stationing retrograde point is 14 degrees. And I think it's at 13 right now, but it will shortly be at that stationing point. And that'll go retrograde in the middle of August. Um, so then we'll have all these outer planets retrograde. And it's, that's, that's a lot of revamping. And Until yeah. October. How are you noticing it? What are you seeing and hearing with people? Um, with what the, the just in general, just the Saturn, the Uranus, um, just all of the, I mean, it's, it's really almost too much to grok at one time in a sense, because it's like it, it come, it's coming at us all from so many different areas in our charts. I mean, yeah. we're basically seeing, you know, like a whole frequency, you know, from, from what is it? Um, it's still this hemispheric focus, you know, from um, from Capricorn to Leo. Yeah. As far as the planets are concerned. So, you know, from the last three signs and the first five signs, you know, so well, eight signs. Yeah, go, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was just gonna say the eight signs of the zodiac are really being activated. So most people are having some sort of an energetic activation in their charts right now. Right, crisis opportunity. It kind of reminds me as as we're talking about this, Michael. It's like it almost feels like, um, you know, and I, I'm definitely old enough to remember the '60s and the '70s. Um, but I, in those in the late '60s, when things were just really torn up and you know torn and shredded, and this even though this this Mars T square is obviously just you know it's short lived with Mars there, but the um, but the energy of this of the next two weeks, it just feels like it's calling up. It, it's just so big, like you said, it's so vast, and it's it's hard to talk about this in one podcast, you know, because it's so deep and so layered. The the, the Uranian archetype, the Saturn. And, and then Mars coming, you know, all three of them and how they're, you know, conflicting and, you know, battling it out with each other. But it, it does feel a little bit like that. I don't know, just intuitively, that's what it just feels like where people didn't even know themselves. You know, Mar Mars, that personal identity, you know, squaring with what is good for society and what maybe I need to sacrifice some of my own, not like free will, but to be cognizant of a larger uh, truth that of, of, of contribution. So it's it's really huge and it, and it defines us for years and years to come, just like it did in the 60s, where I remember how torn up people were. It's like the normal, the beaver cleaver life of the early 60s was just like shredded. And it's and it and it was it left many of us feeling, you know, in the years afterward, it was like, wow, you know, what just happened? So um, anyway, that's just what's coming up for me right now. Oh, so true. And then, you know, with Mars there in Leo, it's a very much of like, you know, um, my will, you know, that's it's, you know, and that placement Venus is right there too. So it's, it's really challenging. So it's asking us to go over there into um, Scorpio, really, right, you know, to kind of ground somehow. So, you know, the important part will be when the moon hits that point, you know, and kind of holds that point forever in the war for those of us who have planets in Scorpio, it's like, it's going to be holding a lot for people because it'll be like kind of like the dumping ground for that T square, right? Oh gosh, well, I didn't oh, even check. Gosh. When does 
when's the moon in Scorpio? I don't. I didn't even. Uh, let me even. Let me take a look. Look you. that one up. Yeah. <laughs> the dumping ground. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about the um, the soap opera we were saying earlier. It's almost like as the ecliptic turns. You know, right. <laughs> the latest soap opera. And then, and then. <laughs> so the moon in Scorpio. Well, it's actually. Let's see. When was it? Um, June twenty first was when we had kind of a little well no it would have been a little a couple of days before that well because mars is back in there i see like it doesn't really it does the moon the mars moves on quite a bit before it um before the moon, the moon gets comes back, back. and yeah the moon gets there again in um in uh july 18th and that puts mars already at 22 degrees past and that's 11 degrees off saturn yeah I mean, it might be felt, but yeah. But it's just good to realize, you know. Usually, I don't know. I don't know if you find, but whenever I see those like T squares, it's almost it's always asking for like that fourth point to be kind of grounded out. Yes, yes. Yeah. I remember my um, one of my first teachers told me that um, the T square. He always likened it to a three-legged table when you have a T square, and he said, you know, that fourth leg is missing. And so you can't have a functioning table if, you know, it collapses, you can't put anything on the table and you got to look to see, you know, what's that missing leg and what degree or degrees. And, you know, so it's, it's Scorpio, you know, with this, with this T square, that fourth leg is, is, you know, let what 11 or 12, 13 degrees Scorpio. And it's like, wow, you know, anybody got a planet there, right in, you know, <laughs> <laughs> or but, an angle, um, you know, something like or an that. Angle. You know, you'll you'll be feeling it. It'll be, you know, it'll be um it'll be it'll feel like quite a pressure. Yeah, like a pressure and, cooker. You know, I think what's nice with Scorpio, especially if one's been doing their scorpionic work, is just being open to what gets presented and helping people process and helping yourself process. Cause that's what's I mean. My favorite thing to always say to a Scorpio, you know, in a reading when people have any kind of Scorpionic planets and they're, they're either not sure about it or they didn't know is like, oh, do, do you ever have people kind of like talk to you for a bit and afterwards go like, wow, I've never shared anything like that with anyone before. Right? <laughs> it's always been you're like, oh my God, all the time. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So even if it's, even if we don't have a planet or at that uh, point in sign, um, or by an angle, it's just the, the consciousness of bringing in that Scorpio influence to be that fourth leg. That's, I think it's a really important point. I'm glad you're making that today because that's, that's definitely is, um, that's essential. And that another part that goes along with it again is disgorging. I mean, one thing that Scorpio really, Scorpio is really good at kind of stuffing it. Cancer will continue to hold on to things, but Scorpio will kind of, <laughs> Scorpio kind of ha will explode. If yeah. it doesn't, right? Because the key Very. is accepting the cycle of life, death, rebirth, life, death, rebirth, life, death, rebirth, and getting the point of neutrality around it. So it's like understanding that, you know, stuff happens. I'm not going to use the other word because I I always forget like what's okay and what's not, but stuff <laughs> happens. And Scorpio is a lot less constipated when it allows stuff to happen. And so that's the role that Scorpio plays for us. 
there's the sign Scorpio somewhere in everyone's chart. So wherever house that plays a role in your own personal chart too, it's like, that's the area that, you know, you might consider, you know, kind of clearing some things out, you know, in that part of life might be relationships with other people, might be work, might be, I mean, this, everything is just so up from now to October. I just really want to, I just think I want to encourage everyone just to, um, except that everything isn't necessarily so. Yeah. <laughs> it ain't necessarily so. Wasn't that a, a it was like Porgy and Bass or something, right? That's a good- and My other favorite that goes along with it is the, um, you know, to the tune of um, there's no sh business like show business. There's <laughs> no delusion like self-delusion. There's no delusion I know. <laughs> you <laughs> made a song out of it. <laughs> I think is really about pushing away the aside, you know, with that, with all that retrograde Pisces and the Neptune and Jupiter, the outer planets, like pulling the veil, pushing the veil aside and just like going, what is the truth? What is, who am I in relationship to all of that? And how do I want to be? And what new contracts do I want to make going forward in my life? Yeah. Well, and with Neptune retrograde is like, oh, you know, um, this, the, the dreams I have, the visions I have, you know, let me step back and it's like, what's truly, you know, crazy pie in the sky versus what, what can, re what is a vision that can be manifested, that can be real, you know, um, and workable rather than, or getting deluded by a fantasy, a fantasy world and illusional thinking and I love that. Can you say that? Sing it for us again. That there's no illusion. There's no delusion like self-delusion. There's no delusion. I know. <laughs> come on, come up with the rest of the lyrics, and we'll make. No, it I got to come up with the rest of it. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, the truth is, it's it's about the story we tell. And Jupiter's also there, and Jupiter's a grand. Zeus is a grand storyteller, you know. So it's like, it's it's an opportunity for us all to choose a new story. Yeah. And why not choose a grand story for yourself? Why not choose a story that aligns with you in a way that makes you feel good and start saying no to the people in your life that don't see you, don't appreciate you, don't honor you and yeah. begin to nurture, you know, we all, I think we all need to really start seeing life in a different way than it has been for our ancestors. Yeah, yeah. And with Zeus, Jupiter, you know, you think about, um, you know, what, what, what's a story that's going to expand my consciousness, that it'll bring me into my higher self, my, my expanded sense of self. Yeah. And with hope and confidence and optimism and, you know, all those wonderful Jupiterian traits, you know, that, that, yeah, it's, it's all there. It's like, what are we going to pick? You know, what, what's it going to be as it <laughs> Because we get to pick, and um... and like I like what you were saying earlier, because it is like part of it. Um, part of Pisces is magical thinking, right? But with Jupiter and Neptune being going retrograde, it's like, okay, yeah, it's magical thinking, but is it possible? Is it plausible? Can I make it happen? Or is it really like you said, pie in the sky? And that's I think because a lot of us will sit in this kind of like. In fact, a lot of people are kind of having like a little bit of a rude awakening after last year, year and a half of getting paid unemployment. And now going, wow, I have to actually go back, deal with people and make less than what I was getting on unemployment. You know, that's one of those things like, well, you know, did I take this last year and have to build a skill? You know, this would have been Saturn being at work, you know, building a skill, you know, doing social media or doing something that when this is over, I don't have to go back to that job that I really don't like doing.
Right, and I've been noticing in the um, in the news they were saying how um, a lot of these people coming back to work now, it's really been a big realization with that year, uh, this last uh, 12, 15 months, because uh, a lot of people are ditching, they're having a huge crisis and hiring help at these like re low paying retail, like dollar store type jobs, because people are like, what the heck with that? I'm tired of being a slave and I'm gonna, you know, I'm moving on and I'm gonna get a better paying job. And I think about last year's um, lunar eclipse, it was eight degrees of, um, Gemini, and that was conjunct the Uranus of the U.S. chart, and uh, and and now it depends. You know, some people are Sibley fans, and other people are like, oh, you know, eight degrees Scorpio for the rising of the U.S. chart. You know, I as as uh, as we know, it's it's divination, so there there's truth everywhere. But if you look at just for example the Sibley chart, that occurred in the in the sixth house, the workforce. So I can see that Uranus is like, hey man, dude, I'm out of here. I'm not gonna be a slave anymore to these wages and I'm gonna get a high paying tech job, right? Uranus and work from home or, you know, get, go into IT or, you know, so you, it's already this huge sea change happening. Yeah, when you think about it in a way too, it's, it's almost like this, um, this shift because those of us who were born in the mid sixties with uh, Uranus in Virgo also, we're the generation where we're, we're doing this very different kind of a work kind of a thing. So, of course, it makes sense that you know, as it progresses into the you know returns for it into the into the U.S. chart, it's the time for us to like reevaluate how we're doing. I mean, brick and mortar is expensive, right? Yeah. <laughs> Real yeah. estate is expensive. I mean, so here and here's another aspect of Uranus and Taurus. The forms of things are being reevaluated. What are, what now is going to happen? To all this the malls across the country, are we going to use this for a homeless, you know, housing the homeless, you know, what are we going to do with these other businesses, these warehouses and things that are no longer going to be needed because we're going about doing our business in a whole new way. And yeah. Here we are third quarter square again, going like Saturn's going, wait, we have to do it this way, but it's in, you know, this idealistic Aquarian sign the sun requires, of course, and it's saying like, hey, you know, how can we do a new form that really is going to be beneficial? It'd be nice to see, you know, maybe with this, you know, a new form of food that can come out of this, you know, a new way of like feeding the planet that that is easier and less expensive and that uses less water or a way to get water around the planet in a way that benefits everyone. I, I don't know, like, I just think, you know, some there's, there's, there will probably be some interesting humanitarian oriented ideas that are coming out. And kind of on that idea, which just popped up with me too, because, you know, with Jupiter and Saturn, um, we're talking about justice and jurisprudence and everything. And here we have a um, the Supreme Court here in the U.S., which everyone was so afraid that, oh, it's getting stacked on the, quote, conservative side. And yet these rulings these last few days have actually been very thoughtful Affirming. and showing, you know, once again, that there is an energy of that office that holds those individuals, many of them I'll say, because there are some who hold really strongly to their values in such a way, but, but are really actually after the greater good and helping people. And I'm really heartened by what I've seen by the Supreme Court decisions this week. Yeah, like the cheerleader who won her case that uh, the freedom of speech and yeah, it's like, wow, so there, there's hope. And, uh, and I love the fact that Saturn being retrograde, it's like, oh, let, let, let's, let's look at this again. Or the Title IX with transgender students and all, it's like, wait a minute, like, you know, all these uh, conservative um, states that have conservative um, political parties that were uh, rolling back protections and then 
um, you know, the federal government steps in and says, hey, you know what, Title IX, you know, sorry, not sorry, <laughs> you can't go there. And uh, so, yeah, like the, the rolling back of these, you know, can often be perceived draconian mess, mess, uh, measures and stepping back and go, wait a minute, you know, uh, maybe we need to adjust this. What is best for society? Where do we want to go in our, oh, I just, there's thunder right now outside my window. Yeah. So that was the universe is like, yeah. <laughs> but what I loved, you know, like what the, the justices said, one of the lines for the ruling with the NCAA was, um, the court said the NCAA is not above the law. Ah, okay. Right? And something about Saturn, Uranus, and Jupiter—you know, the three, the 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 patrilineal lineage in, is in that. With each one of them, was their fate was not understanding or accepting that, right? Right. Uranus had to like lose his testicles right. into the great sea and, and Saturn got I think his belly sliced open or something is how or in his head cut off or something and you know and Zeus kind of played with it because he shared the power but also didn't really want to share the power because he really actually did believe he was a little bit above it but you know that's where the collective comes in and says no you know what and that's the interesting thing, you know, this idea of the 99%, maybe that'll come around again, because again, why, I mean, when that 99% Activision was going on, what's going on now in this time period is those individuals at the 1% have already like almost tripled their wealth again. Yeah. Oh, I know. <laughs> yeah. And, and it, it, did you hear that um, something like nine people became billionaires as a result of COVID, nine billionaires, nine. I mean, I remember 30 years ago, um, they, I remember um, temping when I lived in New York, I had left my career and I temped at, I think it was, I wanna say Fortune Magazine, yeah. And I remember every year they put out like the billionaires list and there was only like, I don't know, eight billionaires in the whole planet, you know? I was like, wow, who's, who's the big eight? And, and now one of them is like Queen Elizabeth. I mean, so you go like, oh, okay, I get it, you know? Yeah, but now it's like, now there's like a hundred or so. It's like incredible. Yeah, like the, the rate, the exponential. Yeah, it just has to implode. I mean, this is this is not sustainable. And this is again what these transits are, are you know, definitely pointing to is, you know, how do how do you sustain that? You know. Well, and also I think for a certain set is like, what is enough? I mean. Like, why not? I mean, I like this idea. I mean, there's certain really great ideas that are coming forward. You know, the, the recent um, action with Biden and getting the bipartisan thing, but then realizing he's going to put in through like a second system on it, you know, reworking the infrastructure, doing things that are going to help everything. Um, I think there's going to have to be a reworking because um, why not make it like after you have a billion dollars in your bank account, everything else on that is you, it's 100% taxed. Does an individual need more than a billion dollars? Right. I always say, you know, how many cars can you possibly drive? How much food can you eat? How many garages do you need? Like, and there's no ah. trickle down. This idea of the trickle down doesn't happen because, you know, if they did something that was more holistic, like, I mean, here in Santa Fe, what happens a lot um, is there are people who have their fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, tenth homes here. And they come here maybe once a year, maybe once every two years, or when they're here, they're only here maybe a week out of a year for 
you know, opera season or something else that goes on. And so why not allow that, you know, 10,000 square foot home to have the caretaker's studio have someone live in it year round, you know, so that it's, you know, other people are benefiting from that and your property is being kind of taken care of. I mean, what are these relationships that can be done? I mean, that, that's what happens a lot around here. I mean, there's so many people who whose source of income or their livelihood is actually based on the opportunity of being able to stay in places like that. And so, you know, how do we make these more sustainable, more workable for everyone? Yeah, yeah, I remember when I lived in Sedona, there was a whole neighborhood, this is, you know, going back in the 90s, there was this whole neighborhood, it was something estates, and it was all, it was basically a ghost town because it was all these second homes of people who lived in LA, and they might've been, you know, in the entertainment business or something. And like you said, they. They only visited, you know, if ever, you know, one a few days here and there. So it was this, it was this weird kind of twilight zoney neighborhood. I mean, these beautiful homes, but I remember thinking, there's no way I'd want to live here. There's no community. It's all all this second home investment. And it was this ghost town. It's this ghost neighborhood. And and you never saw the only people you ever saw were the ones cutting the lawns, like you said. And and they were just, it was just weird. So yeah, I think that's a great idea. And that Uranus and Taurus too is like we're definitely reimagining our um, our living situations. And then, and then of course the Biden administration just uh, extended it again for another thirty days as rent moratorium. But that's that's very disturbing, you know, with the. The, that situation of people about to be, you know, thrown out on the street and, oh God, talk about Uranus chaos and whew, that's... And hard for the landlords too, right? I mean, you know, that right. you, if you haven't been paid for a number of months, although most people are getting benefits, but, you know, it's, it's you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of this, but I mean, you know, when, when one source of income is cut off, it's, it's, it's painful. And when the government doesn't allow you to do that, that's, yeah. you know, I, not easy hard but i but also too I'm, I'm glad that the individuals are being helped i mean there's also incredible help out there there's a lot of covid money still out there so for anyone's watching this right now if you're behind on your rent and you need help on your rent please contact your local county contact your city there is there are millions and millions literally of dollars available to help people with their rents back gas and utility bills anything that helps with that so please there's no reason to be stressed out about it and no reason to put anyone else through the stress. Oh, thank, thank, thank you for that PSA. That's yeah. good to know. <laughs> yes, call 1-800. Yeah, yeah. It's all about taking care of each other. We're, we're all in this together. <laughs> you know, the billionaires that are, have profited from, what was it, disaster capitalism that profited from COVID, we're all sharing the same planet. You know, even though there's a very tiny percentage of them and then there's the rest of us, it's like we're, we're all sharing it. And there is that mirror too of like, that's us and they're us. And there is no, like, like talk about the breaking up the illusion and that separation. Well, and then also too, I mean, there are a lot of these special like exclusive enclaves or certain like canyons and places on the planet where the wealthy have kind of bought up all the land and, you know, kind of created these um, buffer zones in various states and various countries that um, where where they feel like there's this level of safety. But I mean, um, someone's got to cook your meals. Someone's got to bring you your food. Someone's got to grow the food. Right. Um, 
Yeah. Unless they've got all the robots in place and who knows, you know? <laughs> oh God, those robots. <laughs> that's your honest and Taurus too, is what I feel is like, you know, the AI explosion. I mean, you know, what? And then also too, I, I think a little bit of this COVID thing is preparing us for um, what it's gonna be like when there is much more automation and there and people aren't working and how do we support those individuals who aren't working? Yeah, well, um, a, a friend of mine said the other day, um, who was looking for a job that um, I think they said that they were actually, I don't know if that actually happened or it was going to happen, but they were going to get interviewed by, a, by AI, by like a robot. Have you heard about, I've heard, I've read this. People, yeah, like it's, it's an AI chatbot or something that's <laughs> interviewing you. And I guess depending on your answers, they kind of you know, put you in a certain, oh, you know, this is appropriate, this is not, some AI robot, which, you know, they played Jeopardy and won, didn't the, the robot win on Jeopardy a few years ago? So it's just weird, you know, <laughs> it makes me feel very alienated. Well, the hard part is, and, I, and I'm just recently encountering this because I, I have a, a Google account and I have my own YouTube channel too, and I'm, and I was, like promoting it and it didn't promote properly so i like sent in a complaint to google but it's like there are no human beings at google so you send in a complaint it goes into some kind of system because and it's all answered based on algorithms so it's like what i worry about is the same thing with the ai it's all these algorithms so like does it pick up the nuances does it pick up the experience in the individual's voice so does it experience does it does it pick up, you know, the direct eye contact and the other things that you want to see that go on in an interview? Or is it simply just doing a, a rote yes, no, yes, no to each of these qualify or quantifying items? Cold air, as you were saying earlier, cold air. <laughs> and cold air is dismissive. Right. Un air unemotional. <laughs> yeah. And it can miss the whole picture. It really, you yeah. know, very easily it can get caught up because it, it can get nitpicky on what the facts are, but not see like a larger theme going on. Yeah. Process. And I mean, I think that's, and not even a lot of human beings have that ability to synthesize on that level. So it's not, you know, I'm not blaming AI in that way, but it's, it's like that that's unusual even for human beings. Right. Yeah. Wow. Well, this has been really awesome. I'm so glad we had this walk together. It was definitely overdue. <laughs> I lo always love hearing everything you have to say. It's just, it's such a joy. Um, You're such a so, beautiful being. And thank you. It's, I love watching your shows and the talks and um, just such, uh, um, it's a great, thank you for sharing your light and your beauty with everyone and, and, and oh, letting it unfold and, and supporting and being of service. That's, you know, that's what we're here for. So thank you for that's having That's what we're here me. for. Yay, we're all in this together. Nobody is alone. You can always talk to Michael, myself, um, you know, Irliana at starsoundastrology.com. And Michael, your email address is? Michael at cormichael.com. Cormichael, C-O-R-E, cormichael.com, yes. And um, so, yeah, we are, we are here for you. <laughs> so, yeah, all right. So, and, and um, moving forward, we'll definitely, um, just keep on, I guess, to wrap up the, our talk about this, the Mars, Saturn, Uranus, T-square is, um, you know, keep your, <laughs> keep your cool, <laughs> be yourself, um, but keep your cool. And um, I don't know, anything else you want to share that's coming up for you as, as a, that's what 
came in in this I moment. I think it's really beautiful for you to say that because you know what we've got is we've got Mars and Mars and Leo, which is fire, and we've got Saturn in Aquarius, which is air. air. Fire and air together can really blow one another up. You know, I mean, we had a president. We had the last four years of someone who was really great at blowing up the airwaves and everything. And then we've got Uranus in Taurus, and that's Earth. like having a bull with a um, with a horsefly chasing it in a china cabinet. You don't know what the heck's going to happen, right? right? So it's like just whatever you can do to realize that you know it's it's kind of powder keg area, you know, and things can it can get accelerated very quickly. So whatever we can do to take a breath, to take a step back, to just not take the bait. Mm. And maybe that Uranus square in Taurus is like, oh, go back to the earth and look at it differently. Like instead of like something that be stepped on and used is like, maybe we just sit on the ground and do some earthing. <laughs> I mean, that would be a one possible way of- Gardening, right? That, yeah. you know? <laughs> gardening. Yeah, yeah. I love gardening and I have a I have this thing called a tower garden and it, it you talked about this is so Uranus and Taurus it it opened up for me when Uranus was in Aries but it certainly um it, it uses like five percent of the water that normally you would need to water that many plants in a garden and it's uh, it runs on it can run on a solar panel actually not just it could be off off the grid with the it's very small amount of electricity to automatically water the plants but it's it's so marvelous but yeah, anything anything that will connect us with nature in a new and innovative way would be a good, um, perhaps a good RX <laughs> for this for this transit. So, yay! Thank you, Michael. Yay! Okay. Well, um, all right, everybody. Well, this has been episode one 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 of Star Sound Speaks, Star Sound Astrology, and I thank you all for listening and um, stay safe and. Um, take that high road and um yeah stay in we have to just stay in our hearts so um thank you all for listening see you next time take care now <laughs>